You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS 4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams, I'm Dave Griffiths. Tons to talk about this week. The Colts are playing their final opponent of the AFC South. Already tasted the Jaguars, already tasted the Texans. They get the Titans this weekend. So early in the season to face them all. But hey, that's sometimes the way the schedule That's how it was last year too. Yes, it was. Had a lot of those teams early in the year. But but somehow, playing uh, one of the, uh, the your, your Mamie main division rival of the past decade is not our lead this week. And unsurprisingly, we're going to dive right into the fact that Jonathan Taylor has spoken to the media. Proof of life. Proof of life, as Chap has said, for the first time since mandatory minicamp back in June, where he was a uh, very uh, a relatively docile, but at the same time, that was when everything was going down with running backs with Josh Jacobs, with Saquon Barkley. So the last time we heard from Taylor, there was some more generic talk about just the status of running backs in the league. And then after that, when everybody broke and was gone, and then it was a time for training camp, that's when everything hit the fan with Taylor and the Colts, with uh, asks to be traded, with demands Shortly after he talked to us, right. he had to have been told that there would be no extension coming. That, right. that, that was a flashpoint. Is that was sure. the impetus Correct. for everything Correct. that happened in the last couple months since. That Colts told Jonathan Taylor, you are not getting a contract extension. As Chris Bauer just told us, we were 4-13 or whatever it was, 5-13 and 13 or 4 the, the stupid 17. Yeah, the stupid 17-game schedule. Is, new coaching staff. And a new coaching staff. Yes, all those things that, that we'll get into over uh, over the next hour or so, along with a little bit on the Titans. But um, but but we have to start with what Jonathan Taylor uh, said this Thursday. Didn't say. Exactly. And that was going to be uh, the kind of the next point there. There, there wasn't a whole lot chap that you feel was added to the discussion as Jonathan Taylor did speak for 11 minutes, but said, uh, revealed, uh, unveiled very little. Somebody said it was, a, it was an amaz- amazing 11 minutes of dodgeball because he was in, in for fans, please. He was asked the hard questions. He was over and over again. And he simply didn't answer him. You can't just yell at him. Where were you the last few months? Like right. that, that's that. But you can say it in different ways. And like you said, he was asked in different ways. So the the we'll we'll start with that. The the notion that that the questions weren't asked is ludicrous. But the answers just were not uh, answers. Well, the first one was how like James Boyd asked him. You know how much how how badly you want to be here after all that's going on. He said my number one goal was to get healthy. You know, but that wasn't the question. It's, in fact, not the question. Right. It's very much not the and, question. And there were four or five times. No, more than that. Bob Kravitz asked, you know, you, you, do you still want to trade? Do you still want an extension? My number one goal is to get healthy. You know, it, it was like watching the presidential debate where they ask a question and you and they don't even, first they didn't hear you or whatever. But I, it, it, it could have gone worse. It could have gone better. It could have gone worse. But he needed from from a media standpoint and from his standpoint we we didn't create this this was created by Jonathan Taylor and the team we were just there reporting on it is after all this has gone on i i just think the best course would have been to at least as as superficially as he could to explain his stance why not come out and say you know I did what I did. I believed in, in my cause, whatever, how you want to, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think I'm underpaid. I've, out, I've outplayed my, my contract, and that's how I still stand. Well, that didn't happen, so here I am. And he didn't. He didn't say any of that. 
So those questions are still out there. Uh, the team's not going to answer them. The team's I, I, the next time we talk to Chris Ballard, I don't think we're going to get much further. This was a chance for Jonathan Taylor to sort of fill in the blanks because since June, we've not heard from him except a couple of shots on Twitter. And in, in, in the absence of, of, of information, you speculate. You read, you read body language for crying out loud that he's wearing a hoodie and he's scowling at a practice. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, but that's, that's, that's what we're left for. So I thought this was really a major missed opportunity to tell his side, explain it. And I realized if, if, he, if he had explained much, it would have gone on and on, and we would have wanted more and more. But I still think he owed – I don't know what the phrase is. He should have given more insight to how this last – four or five months has spiraled out of control. And, and I, I agree with you for the time being that, that until we see Jonathan Taylor on the field, just a, a few morsels of information could have been good for him right now. Matt, I'll pivot to the fact that if he comes out whenever his first game is this weekend, next weekend, runs for 130 yards and two touchdowns, that's going to be the story moving forward. It's not going to be as much about what has happened over the past three, four months. Taylor now kind of has the ball in his court. And although I agree with Chap that I think that some clarification of his side of the story would have been beneficial to him for the time being, in the long term, the more productive he is on the field, the less all that will matter for Colts fans out there who are watching it. Well, and that's kind of been, I mean, we, we've talked about a little bit on the podcast, but I think the most beneficial thing for, for Taylor this whole time has been to get out on the field. You know, and show that either A, he has value to the Colts still, or that B, he has value to other teams that might, you know, the, the Colts may not get the trade value that they want for him, but they might get more than, say, a fifth round pick or something for him if, if teams see that this guy is engaged and healthy and able to play. And really, up until we see that, and it might be this weekend, and let me tell you, I hope it is this weekend <laughs> because I don't want to have to talk about this stuff anymore right. as far as like his health and whether he can play or whatever. I think you know if he's able to play even in a limited uh, capacity, that will really help ease some of this stuff. Uh, you had a great stat, Chap, that Matt included here on our rundown for the show, is that without Taylor, the Colts average about 110 yards per game, about 4.1 yards per carry. But with him, they've averaged 132 rushing yards per game, about 4.6 yards per carry. So there's no doubt that when he's in a lot in the lineup, he makes an impact. And it'd be nice to have a nice another nice impactful player there on the offense. I put that out there because well, it's a, it's a good step. But but then too, you, you hear people say, well, you know, Zach Moss, and I remember in preseason, yeah, Deion Jackson. No, no, it, it's this guy is a top three running back in the league. If you want to argue top five, fine. He's a difference maker. We've chronicled, you know, when I look back, I looked at the numbers again just to refresh my memory, but 18% of his carries, 18% have gone for 10 yards or more. That's ridiculous. And that's how this league is this nowadays. It's chunk plays. That's what he brings. And it, someone did ask him, does he, does, he, does he need to prove himself or whatever, reprove? And the proof is, is, he, is he healthy? And the only way you can prove that is to by playing. Is it again? Is it this week? Maybe I don't know. Running backs, you can you can get running backs incorporated real quick. Mm -hmm. And he was here during the off season. He was here during training camp, at least for 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 study. And you know they they pound on us the importance of mental reps. 
So here we go. It's going to be football conditioning. I remember we talked to, to uh, Zach Moss uh, going into the opener, which he didn't play. Remember he had the broken forearm. Right. And somebody mentioned, well, I think it was, it was Joel, I think, mentioned, well, at least it wasn't a hamstring. You could you could keep your conditioning up. And Zach Moss said, uh, it's amazing how quickly you lose football conditioning when you don't play. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be the thing is how does he look in practice? Is is he is he able to, to handle that? You never like to see the first – the guy's first contact be in in a game, you know, fumbles and all that things. But right. but 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 I think he's done it well long enough. And as Matt mentioned, it's probably going to be a certain. It would certainly be a limited role. Mm-hmm. You know, ten touches. I don't know if that's ten, if that's too many. I don't yeah, know. It, it might be. Yeah. But but you need to get him out there. And but the only thing again, fans will be extremely forgiving. If he if he's productive, that's simply that's simply how it is. But I I do think that we're going to be parceling out his game and his his kind of body language moving forward. You know, because again, the quote that that stood out, he said it a couple of times. Well, right now I'm here. Well, right now we're all here. You know, <laughs> right so, now I'm so, here. so you know that's not an answer. Uh, you know, in th- so many things float in your mind, and and when you get right down to it, in my mind, he's here because he's out of options. He 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 played everything and he did everything he could, and he's here. But going forward, again, let's say he just knocks it out of the park over the next couple of months. Well, then the question is, do the Colts see his value to where they give him whatever extension or? You know, which really grates at, at Taylor. There's two franchise tags, and if I'm the team, you know, wouldn't, isn't that what you do? The first one makes a whole lot of sense. Sure it, does. It really does. The second one's the one that I think you can debate a little bit more because just the price goes up a, a little bit more. It'll but be, at the same well, time, you have the, you have the cap space right now. To, well, that, to that, well you, you got the rookie quarter. You got the quarterback exactly. on a rookie contract. Exactly. Uh, but the, the the franchise tag I think this year is ten point three million. I think. Mm-hmm. And it'll go, and then, then he'll get 120 percent of that, which is I don't know, 12 million. So in, any long-term deal that you do, long term's a relative term. It's going to be three years, and the guaranteed money is going to be the two franchise tags, which we talked about back in the offseason. Right. Uh, and, and I've I've still said, I don't care what the running back market is. I don't. This is it's got to be for each team. The running back market shouldn't matter to the New York Giants because of the value of Saquon Barkley to them. It's the same here. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's value to this team far exceeds what the overall running back market is. But uh, it's going to be real interesting to see how he does. You know, if if he, let's say he runs out of bounds uh, at the end of a play, well, could you get more yards or you, or is it a business decision? And those are simply going to be questions that are going to be asked. I hope he has an uneventful, yet eventful, you know, next two and a half months or whatever. This team needs him. He he is that quality of a player. But until we get other answers, there the questions are still going to be there. He could help tremendously. Uh, there's no doubt. And for a team that has has not been incredibly dynamic so far, he is a dynamic player. There, there've been there's been explosive plays, maybe a half a dozen, right? But not not consistently. And part of that's been they they've eased Richardson in the first couple of games, right. and, then and he, he was out for one. And game. then he was out, but we sort of saw what they could do 
in the passing game last week, what Taylor and he can do in the run game, it just boggles the mind. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, if there was, let, let's um, let, let's play the uh, the imagination game, chap. If there was one question from Jonathan Taylor that you wish you could get a real direct answer for, there were, there were so many questions that were thrown to him. What what's the one thing you 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 really want the direct, uh, the honest truth from him that you figure you're not going to get uh, because you've been in this for a long time. You know the drill. But if there was one question you could ask and he had to answer you truthfully, what would you ask him? Do you really want to be here? You know, and the next question will be what took it, what took you, what's it been, eight months to recover from an ankle surgery that is supposed to be four to five weeks? Those two. And he was asked, you know, again, Bob Kravitz, do you still want an extension? Do you still want to trade? Well, if you get the extension, you don't want to trade. Right. But it, it was sort of what's your mindset. But how, and I, I sort of asked, but how committed are, are you to this team? Mm-hmm. And he sort of said, if I wasn't committed, I wouldn't be here. Well, that's kind of like what, what was a Marshawn Lynch quote? I'm here so I don't get fined. I'm here so I don't get fined. So it, 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 I realize he's in an awkward position, but he put himself in this position. I just thought he could have handled it better by giving us more than he gave us because he didn't give us a heck of a lot. Right. And, and uh, when you go back and you look at what Chris Ballard gave us a couple couple weeks ago, like he gave us some things to talk about for sure in this in this whole saga with Taylor. He's saying, it sucks. This sucks. Everything sucks. It sucks for the club. I'm not going to paint a rosy picture because yeah. it's not. Yeah. And, and if Taylor could come out and say something similar to that, like this whole situation has sucked. And I, like he could say exactly what Chris said. and But he could say, but now I'm here. And things are different now. Um, right. And again, I, I may I, I I did what I I did because I believed in it. Mm-hmm. And but here I am now, so let's move yes. forward. It sucks for running backs in the NFL right, right. now. And but here I am. Let's let's go. Like I'm here with the guys in the locker room. They've welcomed me. I love playing in front of the fans. I want my name and likeness on the side of Lucas Oil Stadium. Whatever. Like it, it, it's just so easy. It, it's so easy to say something that is uh, that is. That is very bare bones acceptable, and and you didn't get a whole lot of that. So so it, it makes you very easily, Matt, think that 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 Taylor is like because he doesn't say those things that he's really swinging on the other side of of this argument. That to, to Chap's point, the one question you at what you want to ask, do you want to be here? It makes everyone think that the logical answer to that question is no right now. It's just it's that he like, has to be. It's here. like I have to be here. Exactly. Where, where else should I be? Could mm-hmm. I be? Yeah. You know. Well, you know, because if if he doesn't agree to 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 the physical, to, to to if he argues with the fact that he shouldn't pass the physical, then things really get nasty. Right. That then you're talking suspensions and all that stuff. Inquiries so, from the league, from the NFLPA. Right. So, like I said, his. I, I, I guess in, in in one area I, I commend him because he exhausted his options. He tried everything possible, and this is his only option. This is his only viable option. The other option is to, is to not play, and that's not really an option. Right. Matt, do you think that Jonathan Taylor plays for the Colts this weekend with against the Titans? I'm going to say. I'm going to say yes. I think in a very limited capacity, um, mostly, you know, Steichen sort of implied that he's been engaged with uh, and knows the lingo and knows the offense. And I don't think it's going to be a 30 carry type of thing or anything remotely. Well, that'd be a punishment, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Oh my word. Welcome back. Yeah. Welcome back. Um, you know, maybe maybe less than ten plays, some situational things. Maybe they try to, you know, hit hit a big chunk play with them, something like that. It's it's what it does. It makes the Titans prepare for him. Yep, yeah, it does. I, th- I thought I saw a quote from Nashville that 
some guy, some one of the players said, "Well, if he's practicing, he's playing." Yeah. So it, it's to me, it would be totally out of character to play a guy after two full practices. Mm-hmm. Didn't Trey Sermon? Exactly, and I, I mean, wanted to bring up Trey Sermon. I mean, yeah. he, he practiced maybe twice. Right. Yeah, but he was on the Eagles practice squad, and he was playing he was football. Pl- ex- right. Ex- yeah. And that's yep. different. Yes. It is different. So, so we'll see. A lot of times, you see a guy who hasn't been on the field, and he plays, and all of a sudden you got a hammy or something that, right. that bothers you. So if they play him, it will be limited. My, my curiosity wonders is when he first trots on the field, what would the response be? Mixed? But more booze than cheers from the fans? I think that's interesting, and I don't think so here in Indianapolis. You, they, think, you, he, think, you think it's you've kissed and made up? I think that there are some cheers to, to welcome him back. I really do. I think there are some maybe a smattering of booze, but, but I think the cheers out outweigh them quite significantly um that that that's my feeling people are who aren't in the media are generally forgiving yes if, if this was philadelphia that this would be different oh no question uh, would find snowballs i i know with, with, exactly. with, no, with no snow here, outside. here in october it's been 80 <laughs> degrees for like the first five days of october we'd find him somewhere dadgummit but um but but yeah like, I, I hope he comes out and plays well i hope he does things the right way because it's there for him. It just is. Whether it works out here, if he comes in and, and averages 85 yards a game, 90 yards a game, and five yards a carry, he will get money somewhere. Even if it's here with a guaranteed $10 plus million. No, it's not what he wants, but, but it's still decent. It's still decent. It's a decent option. But that's on him. Mm-hmm. Now, if he comes out and, and doesn't play well and he doesn't run with, with authority that he always does, then that's simply hurting his career. I don't he, – he's not that kind of a player. Sandbagging is not no. – it's not an option. Like, it, it really isn't. Like, it, like First, that's not him, and then it's not, right. it's not an option for like, your career. Like, your, your point of – like does he, if he steps out of bounds, like that that's different than like not r- running at eighty percent. You right. know that you're not going to go out there as an NFL player and play at eighty percent because you're going to get hurt. <laughs> and, this is a it's not a physical game; it's a violent game. If and, you give eighty percent, you are in serious trouble. And another reason is guys in the locker room see it. Yes. And once you lose, and he hasn't. But if you lose the respect of your your teammates. You are gone. That's a good point. Uh, the respect of his teammates, because everyone that I've talked to or heard from this week in the locker room has been effusive of their praise for Jonathan Taylor. They're glad to have him back. Which it was starts... to be expected. Exactly. But, but But most of the time it felt honest. It, it did. Zaire Franklin, totally honest. Mm-hmm. Jersey boy is what Zaire said. I tell you, <laughs> off the top. I, if I could, I, I could spend 20 minutes every Wednesday at his locker mm-hmm. and I would be smarter. Mm-hmm. He, he gets it. I remember back in the main. Philly and Syracuse guys. Yeah, let me tell well, you. This is East Coast, but in the Manning years, we had Gary Brackett, middle linebacker. Rutgers. Yeah. Rutgers. And I'm telling you, every Monday we walked in there, win or lose, of course, he won a lot. He would walk in front of his locker and say, okay, what you guys got? Because that's what the leaders, that's what the middle linebacker, and that's what that defensive captain does. And Zaire Franklin, not only he's comfortable with it, mm-hmm. he understands his role, mm-hmm. and he gives you time, and he gives you honest answers. I really like when, when the time comes, we need to have a vote that these are the kind of players they re-sign. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they can still not play or not. Right. But he, he has so much value in the locker room. I, I'm – this Jonathan Taylor thing is, is just beginning. From his perspective, Taylor – I think Taylor wants to be on the field, Matt, as soon as possible because the trade deadline is October 31st. It's getting here. And yep. 
And from what we have kind of discussed already, the implication of not answering questions about whether you want to be here leaves the thought that you don't want to be here. And the easiest, quickest way to get out is October 31st. You have to prove to the rest of the NFL that you have great value to their team by October 31st. Is that three games? What is it, four games? Uh, you look that up right now. Yeah. Or both of you look that up right now. Because, um, and I think that it's, is it likely that that happens? I would say at this moment, no. But things in the NFL change like that. If there's one contender out there that gets, that decides over the next month that they are a running back away from winning a championship, then they'll trade for Jonathan Taylor this year. And they might not give up a first-round pick without signing him long-term, but if the Colts get something that is decent value and they realize that this relationship is fractured beyond repair, then it would be wise of them to 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 make that realization and move on even if it's not the ultimate prize that they wanted for a player that they know is is truly valuable mike to their team and it, it's four more games four games so they've got beautiful tennessee at jacksonville versus cleveland versus new orleans that game's on the 29th mm-hmm. so that's two days before the deadline there you go that's i was told by someone in the, it's a, inside the building that what would have worked what the the best option for taylor this is back off season or preseason wise to is to come out past your physical and 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 play week one, no, knowing how much you want to trade or an extension, whatever, and just really show people that you're that 2021 player again, 1800 yards and all, 18 touchdowns and all that, and, and then you've got trade value, and then and then your market really is there, but now it's shorter. It, it's again, it's, it's four games, and in four games you can. It'll probably be like three games because mm-hmm. he's not gonna. You're not gonna see that much, I don't think, this week. But he has time. He has time, if that's his wish, to go out there and just show people that I, I'm me. Right. I can still do it. And there are teams. I keep looking at Baltimore. My goodness, can you imagine with him ta- and mm, Lamar Jackson? Kind of like with, with Taylor and, and, and Richardson. Right. Uh, and now the other thing is, let's say this team after stumbling at home last week a game they could have should have won what what, what if this team wins a couple games in a row all, all of a sudden this isn't a rebuild yeah. that you anticipated yeah. this is hey you know the division isn't what we thought it might be and mm-hmm. who knows what we might do maybe you're more apt to hang on to him Un- unless somebody just blows you out of the water with right. compensation mm-hmm. you know I don't know what that would take they're not going to get a one that's not going to happen but so, we'll, but in the next three or four games, he has a chance to certainly increase his value for a possible trade. Yeah, I keep coming back to Baltimore too. Like when you look at all the teams in the NFL, I mean, you're thinking about Miami originally, and like they they already have right now like two of the they top scored five seventy fans. for right now. Yeah, they, they they don't need Jonathan Taylor. Mike Mike McDaniel is good enough with Raheem Mostert and uh, the rookie they have. There they would have scored ninety four with Taylor. There you yeah, go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, to to do some real damage. They don't need to give up a one or a two or whatever. That is not worthwhile for them. But Baltimore, Baltimore is a team. When the Colts saw them and beat them, they had a patchwork offensive line that was nowhere near the best that that offensive line can be in Baltimore when that improves and you have Lamar Jackson and you have Jonathan Taylor there like that that makes that team dangerous and now with how the Bengals have struggled to start the year that division is wide open 
they have the opportunity to win that division very easily right now. There is no one who's running away with it. The Steelers just got beat last week. But got hosed. housed. Exactly. The, um, like the Browns have been up and down. The Browns have looked okay. But but no one is taking that division by storm. No, it, they lo- and they lost their feature back. Exactly. I can't imagine them going after a Taylor now. No, with I don't think so. Kareem Hunt. But no, they already got. Yeah, they got their guy who had been there for a long but, but, time. But there there will there there will be a team that you, that might say you know. Mm-hmm. But sh- but first show us and, right. and that, that's why. Yes. It, and maybe it, that's why Taylor was so focused during this press conference about I need to show that I'm healthy. Probably. Because he knows that that's the most important thing for his trade value could, right could, now. Because we, we talked that the strangest dynamic was you've got a player who said he wasn't healthy, yet he wants top market contracts. Those don't go together. Right. That it, Good point. And period. <laughs> that, <laughs> end of thought. Yeah. End of sentence. So, so we'll see. Again, it's, it's just amazing how this thing has gone from – from back in when was it? Uh, was it the end of the season or in 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 April when he said, "Hey, I signed my contract. I put you know four years pen to paper," and then at the end of OTAs it was well, well, not so much. And then he changes agents and all that and to yeah. hear to, to 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 request an extension to getting a trade request to here we are. The ball is simply in his court. We've we've beaten that to death, and it's going to be very interesting how he handles it it's a tangled web that has been woven between jonathan taylor and the colts and we've discussed this all off season and focused we, we, on we've it. discussed this yes. way too much and, because and you have and both yes. sides could have handled it yes much better. both and, and sides we've said both, be- both sides handled. could have been better i like i understand the arguments from both sides i empathize in some aspect for both sides and i i think that that's like that's part of the job of, of being in the media is like you have to get to the crux of the argument uh, or the crux of the problem, and, and and it's it's obvious in this situation that there are just two sides that are very much dug in that have good arguments to support why which they are doing what they do. Which is why it's hard to resolve do, it. Which is exactly which is hot, why it's hard to resolve. And 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 so the relationship. I think the one part of this that is that that is the the. Um, the nasty part has been kind of the fractured relationship between Jonathan Taylor and Jim Mercer, Chris Ballard, front office, and all that, um, that and how it kind of sp- spilled over into the public eye, um, that there were things said by both sides I think that they should regret right now. Um, that you try to keep things professional and in-house, and that just was not the case because this is a tense situation. It's about a guy who's fighting for every last dollar that he feels he is worth and a team that is trying to build toward a championship future. Like that, and, and there are hundreds and millions of dollars on my line on the other side uh, too. So, so I, get, I get the tension. I get the trouble between the two. But if there's one thing that could have been different, it would be that part, is that the relationships have been seemingly... I don't know if broken is the right word because Chris Ballard said relationships are mendable. Acknowledging that the relationship is in trouble between Jonathan Taylor and the Colts a couple months ago. So I think over the next month, uh, we'll we'll see exactly how mendable this relationship is or even the next the rest rest of this year. Um, and, and then we'll get to we'll get to what's it called? Um, uh, franchise tags and whatever down the road, if indeed that's the route that that the Colts go in the future. So I, th- I think one thing that's sort of important, although it's been a, a wasted month talent-wise, is that this month or so has allowed there to be a cooling-off period to where things weren't said, and, and maybe there were some things done and said behind the scenes. I don't know. It was still strange that he worked out at the complex and then was 
not there. Right. And he wasn't on the on the sidelines of, of the games. That to me that's that says something. It just does. But uh maybe this can be repaired and I'll quit thinking of references to, to of War of the Roses with Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner dying on a chandelier. But uh hey, you hope it's if it works Spoiler out Spoiler alert. No, I kidding. know if, if if it works out I it's, it's win-win win for both. You see the movie tonight, but yeah, you're right. Win for both. Well, ever, everyone's rooting for a win for both right now. At least all Colts fans. Stay are. off the chandelier, guys. Exactly. Win for both. Let's get to the game this week. As the Colts will host the Titans at Lucas Oil Stadium. The Colts had an overtime loss to the Rams last week. The Titans uh, last week uh, just destroyed the Bengals. Part of uh, my point that the uh, AFC North is wide open. The Bengals are in, in a hot pile of you know what right now. Um, both the Colts and the Titans are two and two. In fact, all AFC South teams are two and two. Tied for first. So the Colts are number one still. I mean, and that's, that's the thing that's really interesting to me with with the Taylor situation and what they end up doing. Because, it, like you guys said, if the Colts rattle off a couple of wins here in the next few games, the division is going to be there mm-hmm. because there's that'll be there's no dominant team right there. Which means if you just continue to stay the course. You might have a shot. And here, it, here's the point with this. Like right now, I know that if fans are out there thinking that, oh, they should just tank and get this best draft pick as possible because they're not a Super Bowl team this year. And I agree, yeah. they're not a Super Bowl team this year. But based on the schedule they have, which is not a tough schedule, and the division that looks right now like it's not quite as tough as you thought it was going to be, there are going to be more wins for your team, I think, than you thought. If you were on the Colts over, whatever the number was, six, six and, a half and a half before this year, I'm feeling you're pretty feeling good. a lot better right now than you did at the start of the season. Um, and, and so if you're if you're Chris Ballard or if you're Shane Steichen or anyone in that building – like being, as we've said before, being mediocre is the worst in the NFL. Like being seven and nine, being eight and draft eight wise, is it, it awful. is awful. Like you don't get the game changing player, but you don't get the playoffs either. And, and and you'd much rather push for the playoffs when you're eight and eight than you would try to lose one or two more games and be seven and nine or six and ten instead. So that that's like that's that I, I wanted to say that because that seems to be the the, the trajectory this team is on right now. Because they've been been better than thought, and they have been in every game. Um, you can make an argument they should have won the two games that they lost. But I'd, I'd like to have seen them play with Moss against Jacksonville. Exactly, I really would. Very be. much so. Would have been would have been interesting. Um, but 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 all that to say, the immediate future is the Tennessee Titans, who are feeling really good about themselves right now after feeling really bad about themselves the week before. It's a week-to-week league, baby. Exactly. I mean, they win 27-3 to against the Bengals. They lose the week before 27-3 to to the Browns. And uh, let's see, that Matt's uh, finished. Yeah, they're, they're, they're out of order there. Uh, week two, you uh, son of a- Chargers, they, they won in overtime 27-24, to and then they lost to the Saints in week one, 16-15. Yeah. to 15. So there are two really close games, then there are really two really big blowouts. And and if we want to evaluate the, the Titans, I think it's difficult to do so because it's been so up and down over the first month of the season. And uh, like we said last week, you kind of evaluate after quarters. You take the first quarter. If you're the Colts, I kind of gave you my quick evaluation of the Colts for this first quarter. What I thought, like, oh, I think it's a better. thumbs up. They're better than you thought they were. And with the way their schedule is and the way the division is, like you, you push right now. You try to push now that Jonathan Taylor's back, you you, you go. Well, what, how about you guys? Anything to add for the Colts in the first quarter? That, no, that it's, I mean, yeah. if somebody told you two and two, now, the the, the 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 thing that's disappointing is they they've lost seven straight at home. Yeah, holy smokes! That's you, painful. It's been almost a full calendar year. It, it's been yeah, won. Jacksonville, October, whatever, yeah, almost a full calendar year. 
and what is it, three of the next four at home? So in the next loss at home, if, if it's Tennessee, you've tied the franchise record of eight. And, you know, the, the, the normal game plan is, hey, if you go six and two at home, you've got a really good chance to do something. Well, if you go 500 at home, it's really hard because it's hard to win on the road, although they've won two on the road. But th- this is when you've got to – this is when, if you're going to do anything, this is when you do it. The, the yeah. schedule is relatively easier, and they're dog out their home. And they, they had a good chance to win last week. You get the ball back tied with whatever it was, minute and a half it, to it go. It was like minutes. a minute 32, something yeah. like that. Yep. And in decent field position, was it the 35, whatever mm-hmm. it was? Yep. And you just didn't do you it. You have to go 35 yards to get in field goal right. range. Right, 30, 35, 30 yards, 35 yards. Correct, with with that kicker. So, But I, I think they, they, they're in really good shape to do something. Now it's on them to do that something. Just to go back to last week's game, I heard a lot of people saying, oh, it's too bad that the Rams won the coin toss. I really would like to have seen Richardson have one more chance at the ball. And I'm thinking they had the chance there with yeah. you know a little bit over a minute left, right. and they had the ball with the – ability to go right. down and get that go-ahead score and they didn't do anything with like, it. it. It was even a better scenario, really, than you would if you got it in overtime. Oh, if you got it because overtime. the field goal wins. Right. right. Yeah. And you probably have better field bowl posi- field position. And anyway. it was a couple of incompletions to, to Pittman. I think they tried to hit him and then it, it was a, a, that sideline pass to Grant. So it was a comeback yeah. route. Um, I still can't tell if the, if the DB got his hand on it or not. Yeah, it was, hard to, it was, it mm-hmm. was hard to tell. It was a tough catch either way, but man, if he gets that, yeah. different, completely different ball game. Titans this week, offense for Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill, fifth season with the team, and uh, as Matt points out, it sure feels like longer sometimes um, when, when those guys – well, especially yeah, – I think it feels like it's longer just because the Colts have had a different quarterback every year. Yeah, and, than, and they play him twice them. a year, so we, exactly. we feel like we've seen a lot of Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill. Yeah, exactly. So, And, and before that, you, you love playing the Titans because Marcus Mariota always played his worst against the Colts. Like He played better against other teams, but the Colts never seemingly got Because they always good. got the best of Blake Bortles. Exactly. They got the best of Blake Bortles and the worst. Of, uh, of Marcus Mariota, but uh, this year Tannehill is uh, anything but impressive so far. 67 of 108, 788 yards uh, in four games, so he's averaging less than 200 yards per game. Two touchdowns, four interceptions. He's been sacked 16 times. The offensive line has not been very impressive for Tennessee either. Uh, Derrick Henry only averaging 3.9 yards per carry, which for Derrick Henry standards is, is awful. We'll be honest. Two touchdowns on the season. Also has a passing touchdown, which he has seemingly every year. Gets one of those uh, plays right around the goal line. Uh, They did find a little bit of a rhythm last week uh, doing exactly what they wanted to do. Control the football, smothering defense. And I think Joe Burrow's limitations limited them in that aspect. Tennessee had given up some big plays the first couple weeks of the season that really got them in trouble on the defensive end. And, hey, if if you can limit Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, um, to no big plays, really. Even with a limited Joe Burrow, that's a legitimate step forward for that side of the ball, which you look at the players who, who are their big-time players. Danico Autry, there's that name again, four sacks to lead the team. like to have re-signed him. You would love, you would love wow. to have Danico on this squad for sure. Jeffrey Simmons, a defensive tackle, has two and a half sacks. Linebacker Arden Key has two and a half sacks as well. Um, safety Kevin Byard always has a big play against the Colts, it seems like, in an important game-changing play. Um, when, when, whenever he's playing, but they have a couple other players who, who have played well on that side of the ball. But, but there's, there's kind of the, the very quick Cliff's nose version of the Titans, who, uh, who are in the same scenario, well, the, the same record as the Colts at two and two, and, and they're hoping that they're kind of able to build on some of the momentum they just got last week with that dominant showing over the Bengals, and say, hey, this is what we can be. We can be this grinded out 
grind you to a pulp type of team. That's exactly what Mike Vrabel you would think of when you think of a Mike Vrabel led team. In, in, in an NFL that that really doesn't work anymore. Right. It's not as common. Right. And so, but 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 Mike Vrabel is, tra- oh. is is keeping it there as long as, long as he's there. And I think D'Amico Ryan's is is halfway to doing that in uh, in Houston as well. Although I think their quarterback's a little bit better than the quarterback in. in uh, in Tennessee right now, at least for the long term, as we talk about it. But um, but yeah, and, and I think just before we even get into kind of stats and, and all that, like Ryan Tannehill has not had a great year, but he has an opportunity to have a great game, I think, against the Colts because because it, 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 Dallas Flowers is now done. Uh, and your number one outside cornerback is Juju Brents, who has two games of NFL It might experience. be Kenny Moore. Exactly. He could be. And he's your and, he, and he's your nickel. And Kenny's a great nickel corner. Yes, great nickel corner. Outside when, when they're in base, he will be outside right. with Juju. He yes, as he he has been, I think, in, yes. in in two cornerback sets. To be fair to him, so so yeah, Juju was not he like didn't start in Baltimore. He came in a couple plays later. And, so it's going to be so. Daryl Baker Jr. who they. Who they benched? Who they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who they benched? I, I was going to say it nicer, but not. But you're right. <laughs> They he was a healthy scratch after healthy starting scratch. <laughs> after starting two games, and then was scratched for two games. Yes, was benched. Or Jalen Jones, who I think has played seven defensive snaps. Yeah, not a lot. And six of them were in overtime when mm-hmm. when uh, when Flowers, Flowers went down. Yeah. and Tony Brown. Mm-hmm. And they'll bring up one of the guys from the practice squad. Does it Darren Darren Hall, who they re-signed, right? And Chris Layman's. Yep. Is he eligible to play now? Yeah. Okay. Three games. He, okay. he served yeah, his three games. And they, they released him. Then they signed him to the practice squad. Right. And he's a he's primarily a special teams player. Right. So it's it's not ideal. It's it just shows you sometimes the media we know what we're doing. We uh, we time to time. we harped on and harped on the lack of. I'm not saying depth because everybody's got depth, but experience, proven experience at cornerback. And the offensive line mm-hmm. all off season mm-hmm. we did in preseason, and here we are. You know they, they lose that in in Dallas Flowers played well, but you shouldn't that shouldn't be a critical loss to your defense. He had a pretty it, good game against the Rams. He did. I he thought. did. Yeah, but he, he didn't play defense last year until December. Right. So, but good for and, and he he was really playing well. He was growing into the position, but the fact that you're scrambling to, to replace. Dallas Flowers, and then on the offensive line, you you put Blake Freeland out there in his first game at left tackle, mm-hmm. and he'll probably be out there again. Yep. And you just say, well, I thought you didn't you guys see what we saw to how you were so you know inexperienced at those positions. Mm-hmm. And it's funny we were talking about that maybe they 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 of course they knew that what they were doing, but they thought well this is going to be a rebuild, and and boy we're just going to have the growing pains certainly at corner, and and all of a sudden here you are. And maybe you're not rebuilding. Yeah, your your point about Blake Freeland is is I think well met, and we saw last week that he had trouble at times, and especially if they put Aaron Donald outside on which him, which they did. Which why wouldn't you? Exactly. Uh, that that's nothing to be ashamed. No, of. no, that, of course that, not. That you have trouble with Aaron Donald, but but, but that, that's a team. That's a team failure. <coughs> yes, that's the team yes. putting somebody in position to not succeed. It happened a couple of times. It happened with Bernie last year. Yep. That, that in Denver, Denver game, right in Denver. So, you know, I, I don't really blame Blake Freeland because no. we talked to Jim Bob Cooter. He said, well, he played admirable. He played hard. Well, doggone it, playing hard is part of the job description. Right. But it, it, it 
maybe after another week. And again, they didn't know that he was going to play start until Friday. Right. Because remember, Ryman uh, was okay in practice until he had concussion symptoms. So maybe with a week of preparation, things will be in the fact that Aaron Donald's not mm-hmm. going to play would right. be, be better. I think if that's the optimistic side, let me, of course, take the pessimistic uh, side. Because you always side, do. Because I do. But, like, Donald was on the inside most of the time. Their outside edge rushers are not as dominant, I think, in L.A. Here with the Titans, their outside edge rushers are pretty good and starts with Danico Autry. Uh, he, he's not too bad right now. And uh, on the other side, Arden Key as well has two and a half sacks too. And he's had... I think eight to 10 sacks in a season in the past uh, himself. So you could those two. Is Harold Landry playing for them right now? I haven't, I haven't paid attention. I don't even know I've been, right I've now. been more Taylor so, centric. Like, I, I wish I would know that. Jeffrey right now. Simmons is a, is yeah, a low Simmons too. Simmons on the inside is, is dominant, always is. Um, so I, I know Landry was hurt like basically all last year, Matt, and maybe he's just having a, a slower start to this season as he's getting uh, reacquainted to to life in the NFL. But uh, but 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 if it's if it's Harold, even if it's just Arden Key, but if it's Danico Autry and Harold Landry on the edges like that, that's much more difficult than than you got from the Rams too. So I, like I'm saying, it, it, I'm taking the pessimistic view here for for Blake Freeland because you gave the other side of the ball. What, what's up, Matt? Landry has played in, in their four games okay. this year, but he's only had eight tackles total. Okay. So, so uh, kind of sounds to me maybe limited. Right. He does have a sack. Not not very impactful It's not per- perimeter, but these guys, There's a. I think there's another chance to get Ryan Kelly back. Mm-hmm. He practiced he again practiced today. Of course, he, pra- today, he practiced. Yes. Did he practice three he days last, last week? week? Yeah, he practiced full, full, full Wednesday, Thursday, yeah, and, Friday, and, and I thought. And, uh, I've heard maybe just said, Wednesday, Thursday. Maybe Friday he was ruled yeah. out. But I saw it was uh, ruled he had a setback. Maybe, but it just could be that he didn't. If, if you don't pass your independent test – I don't know if that means you had a setback. It just means you you weren't there yet. But he's had, you know, th- this is two games he's had, and you know, I, I keep harping on the fact that when, when he had the concussion back in whatever year it was, seventeen, he missed five games. Right. And it could have been more because it was in the end of the season. But this offensive line needs their people because the the backup guys just are not experienced. Yeah. I, I really think this is a this is a tough matchup for the Colts to, to face to face this Titans defensive line if they're at their best I, and especially if you don't have Ryman in there especially if you don't have Kelly in there too that would be that would be a significant challenge so um, so yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there but Titans on offense 28th in the NFL in passing like I said it has not been great on that side of the ball although Ryan Tannehill I'm sure when he's looking across the field is uh, is more optimistic about this matchup, these cornerbacks, uh, than he is on most others, if not all others he has faced so far. It, it's really the experienced quarterbacks that give you the most grief. E- even I though Tannehill's so, not the most talented no. QB out there, it's he's seen everything, and that's where this Colts secondary struggles. And he's thrown to DeAndre Hopkins, right. too, who's not the DeAndre Hopkins chap of four years ago, who on this podcast you would have taken him above any other wide receiver in the league. Uh this is, but he's still like he's still a great route runner. He is still a savvy veteran, and we saw last week how savvy veteran Matthew Stafford was able to pick apart that Colts secondary, even with Dallas Flowers in there. We're talking about Dallas Flowers like he's the Pro Bowl or the. That's what I mean with Dallas Flowers. Yeah, right. yeah. that's where we are. Exactly. In the secondary. Exactly. So, so if you have savvy veteran Ryan Tannehill. And um, and savvy veteran DeAndre Hopkins there. They they could they could outsmart this young cornerback group. And uh, Kenny Moore uh, obviously uh, on the um, what's the word uh, 
exempt from from whatever right. my uh, my ramblings here here are. He's the guy that that you can rely on back there. But, right. but and, man, and like, then he and Juju Brents have miscommunication on their winning touchdown. Right, just such such Good. a shame that that like looking back on that was rough. It was because you could see what Kenny was trying to do. You can see that he was trying to do it late, like really late. It seemed right. like, but like I, I don't know what they said to each other eventually. And when you're watching film the next day, like was it too late to pass off? Was that something that should have been communicated earlier? What, but. Like I haven't had the chance to talk to them in the locker room. You about wish that. And really, both, now we're kind of moving on. You anyway, wish that both but. guys had jumped on Nakua, yeah, right? Because yeah, it, go ahead and double cover it, the guy that has eight the, catches. If they leave the tight end open, he's gonna right get a first down, oh, and, no. and then you reset. Yeah. Oh no. So anyway, um, back to the Titans uh, as we uh, get back from that uh, little uh, rabbit trail. Um, the uh, the Titans are fifteenth in the NFL in rushing yards per game, right around the same same spot as the Colts there, who are fourteenth. Defense, the Titans are in the top 10 in the league. They've allowed less than 18 points per game. Colts are allowing nearly 25 points per game. Uh, that's a bit of a swing right there here early in the season. Uh, passing defense, it's the rushing defense that has carried the Titans. They're only allowing 2.9 yards per carry. Like I said, that defensive front Very it, good. Is, is where they make their hay. Only allowing 70 yards per game. The Colts, uh, this number has jumped up in the past couple of weeks. are allowing 126.8 yards per game. And I thought that was one of the more disappointing points of the Rams game, yeah. Chap, is that when, when they needed yards they got yards on the ground and i think that that they, not having, they doubled their they doubled their output they did not having to force buckner was was a big big detriment to the colts right. run defense like we talk a lot about grover stewart and how good he is against the run and that's true but that's because deforest buckner often warrants the double team and he's one-on-one and is very good in those one-on-one scenarios so when you throw when you threw buckner out you saw that this Colts front definitely took a significant step back because Kyron Williams is not Derrick Henry. He's not a guy who has years of success in the league. And that Rams offensive line is not, I don't know, the Browns or the Eagles offensive line that's viewed as one of the best in the league. It's viewed as okay, but for crying out loud, that that, that run game, like I said, one of the more disappointing aspects I thought of last week's game that needs to change here against Derrick Henry and the Titans. We talk about the injuries and with Ryman and Flowers, you, you touched on, on DeForest Buckner, we'll see how he plays. He was on a pitch count, and it, I think it was like 20, 20 plays, and they missed it. It's I like the depth of the of the defensive line. I really do. But when you take out one of the corners, cornerstones, then all of a sudden that depth, you know, you, then you're replacing Buckner with Taven Bryan or Eric Johnson or somebody, and right. it, you know, it, or, like, or really Tyquan Lewis. I, I and I like Tyquan Lewis, but right. but that's why with with Derrick Henry in town, I've got the stats. I should have brought him in. I've been Jonathan Taylor preoccupied. But it, over the last five years, if the Colts, I think let's say the Colts have given up ten hundred yard rushing games, that's probably close. Like seven of them have been Derrick Henry. It, it's just you know it's just week after week after week he does that, and. That allows Tannehill to kind of do what he needs to do whenever he needs to do it, and he always hurts him getting outside the pocket. So Buck is – when you talk about indispensable players, mm-hmm. I still say Ryman is, is maybe – Working his way up there to the Anthony Costanzo status yeah, that, that really, he always had for he, years. He's, to me, he's there on the offensive line. Yeah. The guy that's working his way up there now is Richardson because <laughs> he's good. Yeah. He's good. Mm-hmm. But DeForest Buckner is – top three or four that it's so hard for them to play without 
We saw that last week. I saw a ludicrous. I, I hesitate even to mention this because Twitter is stupid. But I, I like I saw this just this ludicrous post that said like quietly Anthony Richardson's the worst quarterback in the NFL. I and saw they, gave, that. they gave one stat, like one stat that he was bad at. They put him on a they put him on a graph and with two different stats. It's an efficiency stat, yes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, they yes. put him on two one graph with two stats. One stat was a little bit above average, and the other stat was bad. Like, yes, he has one bad stat. It was adjusted completion percentage. Congratulations. We knew that he has to work on completion percentage. Yes. But for, like, explosive plays, I think was the other one, in the passing game, he was, like, somewhere above. He was in the in, in plus territory. And and to, to say that he's the worst quarterback in the NFL based on one stat is, is, is the dumbest thing that I've seen this week. And I, I see dumb things too too often. And I just need to get that off my well, chest. And, and it lacks context. Because, yes, his, his efficiency it was not great against the it's Rams. It's not going to no. be great it's not going to be great but he was 11 for 25 i think in that game but if you looked at that second half and that fourth quarter about what that kid did Mm -hmm. that is way different than you know oh yeah it was 44 percent completion percentage i get that i would love to have that a lot higher it needs to be higher and it needs to be but he made the plays when they need to make the plays there is a big difference there you've got to contextualize these things you cannot judge him gauge him evaluate him on these these new metrics and one stat right right right. because again he needs to be a 60 percent thrower will he ever be hopefully but what he brings there's still a i think it's i'm pretty sure it's a small segment that believes that Minshew should be starting and it's definitely a small segment but yes and they they keep pointing to the baltimore game and i'm and it forces you to, to to trash Minshew. They, they won because their kicker had the greatest game by a kicker in NFL history. Mm-hmm. 450 yard field goals. Yes, arguably. You know, and, and, and Pittman saves them with, it with the, the, the jump ball catch and the, and the recovery. Anthony Richardson is this team's future, and he's their, he's their present because of what he can do. And that's why we say what, and we've written about it and talked about it, is the possibilities with, with Taylor and Richardson and what they can do when they get on that RPO in the corner. It's just gonna. It just forces defenses to choose, and if you choose wrong, you're you. You know, with, with Zach Moss, it may be a seven-yard gain. With Taylor, it's gonna be fifty, a chance. So, Richardson's a guy, and it's just, it's it's crazy when you read those cherry-picked stats like that that people simply, to me, have an agenda. I think both, yeah, both Richardson and Stroud have been impressive. They have been what these teams want here, looking here in the division. Like, the Texans have gotten what they want from Stroud for him to have zero interceptions so far, and what is it, six touchdowns, uh, averaging 300 yards passing per game. I saw a stat with him. that That's along with, like, that type of stretch in NFL history. There are some good quarterbacks that he was listed alongside there. And the Colts have gotten what they want with Richardson so far to being a dynamic player, making plays with his feet and with his arm as well when he has been in the game. So. And, and to Chap's point, if if we're staring down three years of the Anthony Richardson era and we're still having sub-50% completion games, and everybody's going to have a stinker every once in a while, but if it's a consistent thing, then yeah, we, we have sort of failed this city in, yeah. in a way. But taking this out of context with this one game where they really got some big plays from the kid I, kid he's 21 so yeah you, you know it, like you said David it's, it's a bit on the ridiculous side uh, roster notes Titans offensive lineman uh, Peter Skronsky and Nicholas Petit Freer 
return on the offensive line. They're supposed to, so they were, we'd, we'd be very happy to get both of those guys back. Um, uh, Petit Freer had been uh, suspended for violating the NFL's gambling policy. His six-game suspension Yeah, they reduced, reduced it, didn't they? they because did. they reworked the gambling policy just last week, and part of that was reducing the suspensions of some of these guys that had been, uh, had been suspended. Wide receiver Kyle Phillips also practiced on Wednesday. He had been on IR in the preseason. Um, yeah, the Colts, I tweeted out on Wednesday that it was the longest re- practice injury report that we had seen by the, on the season so far, and it was. Um, Mo Alley-Cox out with an ankle, DeForest Bunkle, Buckner out with a groin, Shaq Leonard out with a groin, uh, Tyquan Lewis out with a knee, Quentin Nelson out with a toe, Quiddy Pay out, Bernard Ryman out, both of those two guys with concussions. Ryan Kelly, though, practiced on full. Jonathan Taylor back uh, on a ankle. I, I love how it just said ankle for Jonathan Taylor. Eight, eight, ten months later, however the heck long it's been now. But um, but anyway, January twenty sixth. I've written exactly. it so much. January twenty sixth. Thursday's Thursday's practice report will be will be better because uh, chap, you were out there. You saw a couple of those players returning to the field. Um, you said you saw Buckner out there. Um, Quentin was out there. Quentin's Ryan Kelly out was there. out there. Ryan Kelly out there. Uh, uh, Brett, our, our video guy, saw Quitty Pay. Quitty Pay out on the sideline. He's, so he's, he's in concussion. Right. So, so we'll see. Could be limited Thursday, full Friday. That's a, at least a path forward. It is and, open. And, and plus, yesterday's was a, a walkthrough as opposed it, to a practice practice. Correct. They they almost almost use it as a day off, sort of. I mean, yeah. I don't want to downgrade. Uh, uh, walkthroughs, but you know, as, as Steichen mentioned, they, they they're coming off two overtime games, mm-hmm. and they're and, banged up, so. and, they're, and they're banged up. So it made a lot of sense. I didn't put I, I didn't put much relevance in yesterday's injury report. Today I will because if you if you get yesterday sort of off and you're still not back today, then, then you have an issue. And we'll follow that injury report online. You can follow us on Twitter. We're the smart people on Twitter, at Colts Blue Zone. We're not the A lot of idiots people. out there, but not us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> follow us for sure. Uh, this game is a 1 o'clock kickoff inside Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, you can watch it if you're in central Indiana on CBS4. The Titans are one-point favorites themselves with the over-under set at 42.5, so we're expecting a 22-21 ball game right around that uh, whereabouts uh, from the the fine people in Las Vegas between these two uh, AFC South. South rivals. Uh, if it is that close, I would be uh, very surprised. And, um, and and yeah, so let's get into our predictions for this week. What we think is going to happen. I'll go first. Uh, Matt, you go second. Chap, of course, you go of forward. course. I, always. I'm always in the caboose. Yeah, go don't, ahead. don't worry. I'll, I'll get you in, in, in front uh, in a little bit. But I just I just want to give us the opportunity to steal your. I'm final just glad score. I'm 100 healthy and ready to go. I'm yeah. excited for my first day of practice. I love it. Fantastic. So <laughs> health, I, health, health. Yes, I think um, I think the Colts still like. I think the Colts. Uh, struggle a little bit with this tense Texans defensive line if they don't have Bernard Ryman in there. And this is a bit of a uh, – it's still kind of a shell shock moment for, for Blake Freeland. And, and like I said, no disrespect to Blake, but he, he's not as far along as Bernard Ryman was last year. He was not expected of anything more than Bernard Ryman was. And it took Ryman a couple of games to, to get settled in last year. And so we should expect that Freeland, a guy that you want to be kind of your swing backup tackle, takes a little while to get get set in there. And like the point that I made earlier, the Titans have have a pretty good edge rush right now. They have and a very stout offensive front. Um, And if Jonathan Taylor is just going to have a limited role, if you can't just rely on him weakening that front over and over again for 20, 25 touches, which I don't think you can right now. Uh, it just gives them more opportunities to to hit Richardson and, and to soften up the Colts' offensive front. I think the Titans uh, get this. Uh, we'll, we'll keep it around the. Um, we'll keep it around the. What's it called? 
the um, the the over under here right around forty three. I think it's uh, a right around a. Uh, I think like a 27 to 16 ball game because um, I think just the Colts are going to have some trouble moving the ball against this this Titans defense. But uh, but yeah, 27 16 is my prediction. I think that just until the Colts are healthier on the offensive line, when they're playing tough defenses, they're they're going to struggle. And now the Titans get a little bit of early season momentum as they as they hope to build something here in the uh, in the uh, up for grabs AFC South. Matt, what do you think is going to happen? I was originally going to say 17 to nine uh, going with the, the Titans. Then I was like, well, if if the Colts do get down there in the red zone, I think Anthony Richardson might be good for at least one touchdown. So. I'll I'll go ahead and upgrade that score to seventeen to sixteen. Give him a, give him a TD. Nice tight game, chap. I'll be the homer. I'll say twenty seventeen. Uh, I I I I I'm one of those guys. I just have never bought into the Titans and Tannehill, and they've proven me wrong more than, than <laughs> I've been right. But dang it, I'm gonna dig uh, in. I'm, I'm, this is a hill I'm gonna die on. Uh, he shouldn't be this good. I, I think they'll make enough. Now again, I I wish Buckner was a hundred percent. I think that'll make a difference. Uh, I, I think they find a way. To, I, I can't see a team losing eight games in a row at home. It's just it's hard to do. So let Matt Gay kick that game-winning field goal, and they walk off, and Taylor can get his 25 yards on four carries. There you go. And if he gets 25 yards on four carries, I think that's successful. Week right. And I really do. Like, get him out there. Uh, like, like you tend to say, proof of life inside Lucas Oil Stadium. And uh, let let him let him do something. Do do something. Do anything. Get used to it again. Take a few hits. Hold on to the football. That's what I was going to say. He had no a couple fumble. fumble problems last yep. year, didn't he? Exactly. Yes, did. he did. There were a couple of them. Washington and, and yeah, somewhere else. Um, yeah. The um, was it the? I, I, I don't need to get. I'm, I'm not going to think of it. So, um, yeah, you can follow all of us on Twitter. Um, I am at Dave G underscore Sports. Chap is at mchapel fifty one. Also get his work online, fox59.com, cbs4indy.com, Matt Statamati on Twitter. Um, and uh, be sure to follow, like I said, at Colts Blue Zone as well for news and notes, injury updates, and all that throughout the week as we lead up to the game. One o'clock kickoff Sunday if you're in Central Indiana broadcast on CBS4, where you can also find our Blue Zone pregame show Sunday morning uh, at 11.30. So we hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, Jonathan Taylor heavy and a little bit with Titans mixed in there, Colts Blue Zone podcast. We'll see you next week. 